Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast preview show, because it's Friday night. It seems like ages since I've been able to say that, which is very, very annoying. But uh, we'll be back with a vengeance tonight. Got a great lineup as always, uh, and obviously we'll talk, be talking all about uh, Chelsea going to uh, the bees, the busy bees, Brentford tomorrow. Um, but for all of that, uh, Mr. Kid, how the devil are you, sir? I'm. Uh, I've recovered from my book launch, which I did last night of my dad's book. Um, um, and it's slightly more exhausting than you realise when you've been speaking for two hours about something. Yes. But um, it went, uh, and today, as consequently, I've been a shadow of my former self. But um, uh, I'm, uh, I've recovered now that I'm on the adrenaline is um, pumping through my veins. Now that I am on the the wonderful the preview show Good. with, as usual, such such diligent wrong word completely belligerent another completely wrong word. Um, valuable i can't think of the word so i'll just say lovely lovely guests and would you who, like me who, i would love you to yeah well we have the the uh in, in this is in um in order of um fan custom rather than any ability and uh, uh and pulchritude um it is uh the uh the fantastic martin wickham who's uh bon mot and uh appreciation of the game and the matches is always um impeccable Thank you, and hopefully I'm a bit healthier than I was the last time I was on oh, here. Oh yes, <laughs> that was. Now I listened back to that, and oh my god, <laughs> you, you did really well to get through that, mate. I was oh, I was very the, impressed. The, the the mute button got a hammering because I was coughing everywhere. Yeah. It was not pleasant. You poor so old thing. I, I feel I feel much better now. Thank you. Good. It's, um, it's, yeah, good to be back. You look better too. Uh, and who else have we got? J.K. Who is our resident well, journalist tonight? It's indeed. It's the it's it's Mr. Football London himself, Mr. Sam Incaso. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Thank you very much, guys. Good to see you all again. And uh, yeah, it's been a while since I was on, so yeah, always good to be back. Thank you for having me. It, yeah, I was going to say, I think it, this might actually be the first time we've seen you this season, Sam. Uh, no, I've done one before, I think, and um, but it was. I think it might have been actually before the first game of the season. Oh. I think it was, uh, and I think this is the second time. Yeah, there's been a long time coming. So yeah, but as always, appreciate you. Appreciate you having me on. Lovely and uh, lovely to see you too. Let's get straight into it. Um, you know, I'm going. I mean, it's interesting actually because the presser today, which uh, I know Adam was at, because he asked a question, which I might I might have a giggle about in a minute actually, but. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was going to say try and pick up on the on the on the recent news, but actually, I think the presser did that very very well. But um, before we get into some of that, uh, as always with a flaming international break, the most important thing is uh, who are the walking wounded? And uh, Tuchel mentioned uh, Silva, Rudiger, Pulisic, and apparently Ziyech has got a headache. Sam, 
Yeah, well, it's kept him out of the last two training sessions, apparently. It's so a very big headache. Of, it's a heck of a headache that he's got. Has he been um, out drinking with some of the people I know or something? Is that what's been going on? Uh, who knows? I mean, the international break can do that to some people. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it, so that was, that was an interesting headache. one. <laughs> he's the headache, possibly. I couldn't possibly comment on that. Harsh, you, but, very harsh. <laughs> Silver's just jet-lagged, isn't he? Because he got back yeah, at he, stupid o'clock in the morning from Brazil. He might have landed by now, I think, because yeah, the game okay. finished at three thirty this morning, as in yeah. Friday morning from their from their game. And he played ninety minutes as well. He was never going to play anyway, but yeah, he's going to be very jet lagged. Missed all the team meetings and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think Chelsea have foregone going to the hotel like they usually do um, uh, tomorrow. Instead, they're all just kind of staying at home, and then we'll meet um, first thing in the morning and head up to the very short trip up to Brentford. But I mean, yeah, see. Silver not being uh, not being there as a blow. Rudiger Antonio Rudiger's out with a back injury as well, so he won't be playing. But um, led to believe that we hope that Reese James as well will be back for the game. So I mean, now that well, two will be desperate for for Reece James to be back. I think um, considering that that, that that Rudiger and um, Silver are out, so yeah, it's a bit of, a, a couple of walking wounded. But Romelu Lukaku's fit as well, yeah. and I think that's also, that's obviously the most it, important thing as well. It's Pulisic still the same injury as before. As yeah. far as I'm aware, so yes, it's just um, he's still feeling some pain in his ankle that he suffered against. Um, well, sorry, in the uh, in the very first international break, was it like this time last month at the USA? So yeah, he's um, he, he's still struggling to come back to come back to. Thanks for switch. confirming that because I genuinely thought he just had the longest case of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, he, he, yeah, we saw him, we, we saw him with that moon boot on, and he's just not quite recovered fully from it just yet. So um, which is really frustrating. So he's not been in a match day squad, I don't think, since the first game of the season against nope. Palace. That's that's absolutely spot on, Sam. I mean, here's the thing, mate. Uh, I saw a very interesting. Uh, somebody basically had, had done some good homework and gone into transfer mecht, as I like to call it. Uh, and worked out, uh, gone through all of Pulisic's injust, injust, injuries with us since he's joined, and it basically adds up to something like 37 games missed and counting. I guess a third, I think, of the possible games that he could have played, he's missed. And that's a whole season, if you think about it another mm. way. So, I mean, how worried should we be about Pulisic and his future for Chelsea? I'd say pretty worried actually yeah. because it, it's not the fact it, it's the it's not that he he, he, he's, he picks up constant injuries it's the amount of time it takes for him to return from these injuries which is the issue um when, and when I think I, I, I don't know if, if you'll agree with me please tell me I'm wrong but on his day Pulisic can be one of the is arguably one of the most talented and one of the better wingers that Chelsea have got and he just can't keep, he just can't get a run of games under his belt. The only time he really did was after lockdown, um, wasn't it? In um, Frank Lampard's first season, and he effectively fired Chelsea back into the top four. He was that good. So I think, I think I, that I, was his that was his day, Sam. I yeah, it was his, it was a, he had a brilliant run of form, and then he gets injured in the cup final. And I would say poor bloke hasn't fully recovered. Um, I do fear for him a little bit. As hint of the Iron Robins about him, I and when you've seen him. At his best, and when you when you he does get injured, and you see the look of like, like distress and just been a bit well pissed off, like about breaking down again, and it's yeah, it's it's quite sad to see at times, but um, yeah, eventually, you know, the club will have to make a decision at some point. Mm, I think that's that's an inevitability. Um, I mean, you know, Tuchel obviously talked about about the game tomorrow, um, and and I thought I can't remember who asked the question now, but. I thought it was a very good thing 
that they asked this because it's been on my mind as well. And I, I did. I mean, talking of J.K. speaking for two hours nonstop, um, I did a, I did the the Bee Sotted podcast with the wonderful Billy the Bee that we used to know uh, back at Love Sport, who's hopefully going to be joining us for the opposition view tonight. Um, although he texted me. <laughs> He, I'll share this with you. He WhatsApp me earlier on and said, is the phone okay? And I said, well, yeah, if it's on Zoom, mate, because we kind of do it on Zoom. Um, and uh, and then I, he said, all right, no worries. He said, I'm signed in. I've got hardwired headphones. And then he goes, so I'm out of football doing town, talking to Citizen Khan, Adil Ray and Keris Matthews. Very bizarre. Now, I quite like Keris Matthews, as it happens, and mentioned that to him. And he's very kindly sent me a picture, which I know you boys will be able to see. Or maybe, can you see that? Get the light off it a bit. Yeah, might uh, be. Oh, shit. It's getting worse. <laughs> there, you there you go, there you go. You can tell uh, I've worked on TV. I managed to get the angle right. Yeah, I think I can work uh, yeah. out which one's Keris. Yeah, about. yeah, well, yeah, I can't, I can't think why, Martin. I cannot think why. Anyway, uh, um, on his show, I, I, he said, oh, could you do us an 8 to 12-minute piece? He said, just freestyle it, no breaks or anything, just answer a few questions for us. Anyway, 23 minutes later, I had a recording. I thought, How the hell did that happen? And I've learned from the master, clearly, Mr. Kid. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, um, the thing that was really concerning me, and does concern me, actually, and we've seen it before many, many times, one of the reasons why I hate international breaks so much is that it does disturb this momentum. And that's exactly, uh, Sam, what Tuchel was going on about, wasn't he? And and we need to have that mentality right. And he, he was, he I mean, I don't, I mean, the, 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 whoever the reporter was seemed to think he was a bit frustrated and agitated. And I wonder if that is playing on his mind. He's only had two days training with him, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, well, he was very frustrated before uh, the international break when uh, the pre-Southampton press conference, he was, looked like he was ready to tee off, actually, about the international break and the fact that the likes of Thiago Silva were going to be away and playing three games and returning late. Um but he kind of reserved it. But this time, I think, yeah, he very much let his feelings known that he was not happy with how many matches the international players are playing. For Chelsea, it wasn't necessarily the worst international break. I know, obviously, Rudiger's picked up an injury, but in that time, Lukaku was OK. Um, Rhys James came back to training. N'Golo Kante came back to training. Kai Havertz found some form. So did Timo Werner. He scored twice for Germany against North Macedonia. So it wasn't all doom and gloom. Um, but I think Tuchel would have... He, well, he knew already that Thiago Silva wouldn't play um, against against Brentford this weekend, so it, it, it would have it didn't really come into his thinking too much. But he has got a point in that playing three games in ten days, or well, maybe was it maybe was it nine days? I think away from your country in South America, then flying back, and then having to I'm not I'm not sure, but I honestly don't know what the quarantine rules are. But I'm not sure if he still has quarantine because Brazil's on the, still on the red list, etc., etc. Et or is it not on him anymore? So, well, there was um, well, the first the first break he didn't go because he wasn't allowed, pretty much due to the quarantine on return. There was a change in the rule because there was this whole thing with um, Brazil, uh, the Brazilians at Man City and Liverpool. So the rules were changed, as in with the wider travel relaxations, but. Yeah, I mean, what I don't understand is I thought these international calendars were standardised and yet Brazil were playing on a Thursday evening, which I find slightly bizarre, unless their qualification campaign has been truncated even further because COVID meant loads of games got postponed or something. Yeah, it was. It was. It was because COVID postponed the entire an international break. Was it the back end of last season? I think it was a back end. Sorry, back end of last year. They they postponed an entire thing, so they're they're kind of playing catch up from that. So that's why they're playing three games every single international break at the moment. 
JK? No, I've just wondered whether the, the international date line was such that they'd gone so far around the world that uh, it was actually Wednesday, even though they said it was Thursday. It yeah. was... Maybe, maybe Tiago Silva is a modern-day Brazilian Phileas Fogg. Yes, he, he comes to every game in a balloon. He does, indeed. Um, <laughs> one thing I think that, uh, that Tuchel made a very good point about, which, again, I, I do agree, because, you know, and, and I know us boys will talk about this later on in part three, but Brentford are not to be taken lightly and they have a way of playing and an attitude and an enthusiasm, I think was the word he used, which, <laughs> which means, bless you, JK, which means that... I do apologise, sorry. That's all right. Uh, which means that they, they are not to be taken lightly. And he, he talked a bit about uh, matching their mentality and their attitude, which I, I, I was pleased to hear, actually. Was overperforming, I think the word was that he said. He said he expected mm-hmm. them to all overperform because Chelsea are coming to town. Yeah. Um, you're bringing European champions, London Derby, Brentford's first season in the Premier League, and they're taking points off Liverpool at home and Arsenal at home as well. So, yeah, he said that they're expecting them to overperform um, to their capabilities, but the, their capabilities have looked pretty good so far, especially Ivan Tony and Brian and Buemo. I think whoever starts in Chelsea's central defensive three there is going to have... A, tough afternoon it's certainly not a gimme um really like what thomas frank has done the way that he gets his side pressing and the way that it gets him to play their football and they're a lot more disciplined as well now that they're coming to the premier league and i think he's he understood that they can't go as gung-ho as they were in the championship and it's i say as i say it's a no it's no gimme for chelsea whatsoever this weekend they've got to certainly be at or very near their very best to to get out of there a result because it won't be easy yeah, which kind of segues very nicely into the wonderful Adam, who we love to pieces, of course, uh, who who got some, somewhat told off, I think, by Tuchel, because he, he he dared to mention that actually Chelsea have got a run of games over the next seven fixtures, which should be... I mean, I, I felt for Adam, actually, because he did qualify. He said, when I say easy, I mean not as hard as you would, you would expect Liverpool or City or, or whatever to be. And he said, I don't think they're easy games. He, he had a bit of a go back, I thought, but... Uh, I did like the way he put it, actually. He says, they're not easy, but we we are favourites and we've got to acknowledge that. And again, I thought very, very reasonable of him. But, you know, we've all been saying it since before the break, haven't we, JK? I remember us talking about it a few weeks ago, that get this international break out of the way and we've got we've got games where we really should be looking to get maximum points. Well, I think we were suggesting, well, perhaps I was suggesting in my usual optimistic way that we would... We should win everything until the next, the next very supposedly difficult game. But as we've been saying, they're by no means um, pushovers. And Tony is a fantastic player, from what I've seen of him. My goodness me, um, he's a he's a mini Drogba at the moment, and um, uh, and they they use him to the best of his ability. It's um, it's a it's a fine team, and I'm 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 immensely impressed with the way that they've. They've coped more than coped the way that they've performed beyond all our expectations. But uh, but nonetheless, he's 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 clearly a very very competent coach, and um, be intrigued to see whether they um, well whether they come at us tomorrow or whether they uh, um, whether they decide to to sit back or whether a combination of the two, because uh, I, I think teams are very keen to try and set up to outwit us. Um, uh, and stop the, the the in a way that they they weren't as much last year. I don't think because we were we weren't supposedly um, uh, once again we weren't champions of Europe. It it, it I, I think they're really every team who plays us is on their metal, and it's up to us to uh, 
to get back to the standard, to 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 uh, to be at the standard that that keeps us top three or even keeps us in contention for the title. Um, so it really is up to Tuchel to find a way of beating all these teams who who are um, playing above their supposed uh, standard. So uh, um, and I, I have great faith in Tuchel doing it. I have to say, I think he's. Uh, um, as we've established, he's one of the great tacticians and 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 possibly one of the best managers Chelsea have had in the last last twenty years, other than uh, Mourinho. And so I would um, and Conte possibly, but so I would um, and, and Ancelotti and Ancelotti as well. Yeah, in the end, I'll just but but, shut, uh, but shut. not not Big Phil. Yeah, but not but yeah, not Big Phil and not Avram and not uh, yeah and not um, not AVB AVB no no, no. and uh, anyway, but apart from that, apart, apart from, from that. Yeah, but for that, yeah, I stand by what I said. <laughs> so, uh, but, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll shut up now and let others speak. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Quit while you're ahead, JK. That's a very wise move. Um, yeah. The other thing that really tickled me, uh, Sam, was that, um, well, I cannot believe this for a minute, but I thought he was very, it was very much like he, like he is, isn't it? Which is the whole team ethic. The group's the most important thing, but. Somebody asked him about the Ballon d'Or nominees. Of course, that's something that, that we haven't had a chance to discuss yet because we've kind of been off air while, while that all happened. But uh, we've got five Ballon d'Or nominees and he claimed not to know who they were. So if Thomas is listening, which apparently he does on a Friday night because he's got nothing better to do apart from have a gin and tonic and listen to us waffle on. But it's Aspilicueta, which I think is interesting. Jorginho, Kante, Mason Mount. And I suppose... I don't. I think it's a bit naughty of us to shoehorn in Lukaku because he wasn't playing for us uh, last season. But there are five Chelsea players in the Ballon d'Or. Um, I've done a bit of research on this because I, I, I've got a. I, I have a feeling there might be some a missive uh, landing in your inbox sometime uh, or other, Sam. But um, I thought this was truly remarkable to have five players nominated for the Ballon d'Or from Chelsea. But actually, it's not. It's actually happened a lot when Mourinho came in, which I was very surprised to hear. Um, but of course, there's all talk that there is a chance that uh, that I think really Jorginho or Kante might win it. But that said, I mean, I'd love to hear what you think about the Ballon d'Or number one. But I mean, what about uh, what about Tuchel's response? I mean, Tuchel's response was incredibly diplomatic, as it always is. Uh, that's that's what he's like. We, we, we know we know what he's like in press conferences. That's exactly what he was going to say because he always mentions it. It's about the team having this uh, th- this team spirit, the bonding, the team bond, that he uses it almost exclusively in every single press conference. He talks about the bond that his team's got and how they all play for each other, et cetera, et cetera. So it's no surprise that that's how he answered that question in such a diplomatic way. Um, I mean, the, the winning the Champions League is always going to weight things well in your favour for, for, the, for the Ballon d'Or. But I'd say that the, the Chelsea players that are in there are on merit, especially uh, Jorginho. Ngolo Kante, especially Jorginho, who's obviously been a revelation since since Tuchel came in, and so and you look at Aspilicueta as well, who's also been reborn since Tuchel came came to the club. So it was no surprise to see so many Chelsea players in there after the Champions League win. Um, I personally, if I was going to put anyone to win it, I would pick Kante because I think he's just been was what sorry was fantastic uh, in the last. 12 months, especially the, the first six months of, of Tuchel, I'd have Kante in there over Jorginho just. It's very close. 
but I think Jorginho's impactful was <laughs> no. You don't agree with me there. No, but, no, no. Um... I'm, I'm waving at Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan, th- sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you. I, 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 I thought you were agreeing. No, no, no. no I, 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 sh- I should explain. I just did a massive, massive, many, many thumbs up to to you, Sam, for saying oh, Kante sorry. should get it. <laughs> but of course, that is the universal international Chelsea fan cast sign for yes, you can speak next. And of course, Jonathan sorry. had already put his hand up. So Jonathan was like, going, "Do you want me to speak now?" And I'm going, "No, no, no, no," because I. Sorry, people. My fault. I, but I will bring you in and say, JK. Okay, don't panic. Okay, no, no, JK, fire away, fire away. I all think right. I've said my piece. I okay, think Kante should win. It. I know all I wanted to ask was uh, when, when exactly is the Ballon d'Or uh. announced? It just goes on and on and on. <laughs> they were talking about it at the very beginning of the after after the Champions League. They were saying, "Oh, Jorginho and Kante are going to be winning that." Oh yeah, because and and I keep thinking, is this a is this does it, is it announced next January or something? What is it? Does it just fester for the rest of the year? What what exactly? And more and more people get added to it or taken away, depending on the whim of, of UEFA. What 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 is it? I don't get it. Um, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like December, January time. Oh, for God's sake! Oh, bloody hell! Why are we talking about it then? Oh, posh, posh ceremony. I know they've had it oh. in London before, and probably in Leicester Square or somewhere. I think they've had, they've had oh, it. Oh, is that what's happening? Oh, okay. well, J.K. The reason we're talking about it was because they mentioned it in the press conference today. And no, the I fir- know, but why? Why? Who brought it up? Well, I don't know. Blame the bloody journalist. It wasn't my what fault. Me. It wasn't <laughs> Sam. Sam wasn't there, and it wasn't Adam because Adam asked the one about easy, easy game. So. Um, but I mean, the other thing is this, as I said at the beginning, so just shows how well you were listening. Um, I said that we haven't had the chance to talk oh. about it. Yes. All to you, oh. too. We haven't oh. had the chance to talk about it. because No, the chance. No, the desire, the inclination. None of that. No. No. OK. Ever. I'll tell you what, no. we'll do a whole show next week dedicated no, to your, we dedicated to your no. loathing of Werner and just to keep you happy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, listen, we're going to wrap this uh, wrap this part. Clayton, me and Clayton, please. Yeah, yeah. Please. Clayton's an anti-Verna man, isn't he? Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap this part up with uh, the, uh, the 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 another question that was asked, which again is something that we've not really covered on on the shows because it's all kind of happened while the international break was going on. But somebody did mention, um, you know, the Newcastle uh, the Newcastle takeover, which I think, I mean, as you know, Sam, I've I've just penned a, a piece for you guys which will be going out tomorrow. So I've got some pretty, I don't know, actually, I'm not really the one to judge whether they're interesting views or not, but I have some views on it. But I thought I thought Tuchel was very interesting. And I mean, obviously, the, the main main interest for Chelsea supporters really is is exactly what he said, that it, it, it is going to be tougher. You, you would expect a club with that amount of wealth to be buying decent players and eventually uh, competing for the title and uh, competing with us for that title. Oh yeah, absolutely. We know that's not going to be straight away. I think the the Newcastle project is going to take a few years. Um, for, for, considering that's what they, that, that's what they've said anyway. Whether we go with what they think or they might throw money at it in January and see what happens, who knows? But they obviously need to secure Premier League safety first. Um, I think Tuchel's obviously well well versed in this. Obviously, having worked for PSG, where he will have had those questions before. Um, obviously, with their ownership from uh, in, in Qatar. So again, he was very diplomatic, and he says he trusts the Premier League, um, which which he was always going to say. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not well versed in the in the Newcastle takeover, obviously, because I'm a, I'm a Chelsea correspondent. So I'm not, I've, I've seen what's been going on there, and it's another an, an, another team coming to that elite top table um, that is supposedly going to threaten that that big six. Um, so yeah, it, it means, I'm very interested to see how they they go about things. Um, how they 
Yeah, well, but that's, that's basically it. I'm interested to see how they go about things. And obviously, I think Steve Bruce isn't going to be in there for much longer uh, and what they do in January. But obviously, once they secure Premier League survival, which I imagine they will do, then they'll go from there. But yeah, next summer will probably be the more interesting one to see what they do in terms of transfers for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can guarantee, uh, Sam, that Bruce will be gone the day before Newcastle play Chelsea and they'll have a bounce. <laughs> uh, Martin, you wanted to come in? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd, I'd like to point out is if the first thing the new owners do is stick a fucking escalator up to that away end, I'll be very happy. <laughs> um, but secondly, and this is not directed at you, Sam, at all. I think Chidge has nearly died there. <laughs> Whack my knee on my desk. Oh. Um... Man down. <laughs> Roll over. Um, but this is not, not directed at um, Sam individually, but there are certain elements of his profession that have punched down on Newcastle fans as though they took the money from Saudi Arabia directly. And I found that quite unedifying. Um, I think you, it is entirely possible to believe that there are Newcastle fans who are delighted to get a useless owner like Mike Ashley out and still be dubious about, you know, PIF, Saudi Arabia, you know, whatever way you want to interpret it. It's dubious but the only person who's taken Saudi money as a result of this deal and made a point of saying I got a higher offer was Mike Ashley and I think it's an easy hit for them to say oh Newcastle fans because you know these you know these working class oiks are you know having cans outside the fucking ground um, they did it with Chelsea they've done it with Man City they will now do it with Newcastle they don't want to punch up so it's far easier to hit down and say you know you should stop supporting your team and I think it was quite obvious that two of the leading protagonists on that were fucking Sunderland fans and the other was an independent journalist who definitely supports one of the old money clubs and has had a bee in his bonnet since um, Abramovich turned up mm. I think Martin you will probably I mean I don't know Sam can nod in agreement if he wants to but I think you might like my piece for, for Sam and Football London when it comes out this weekend because I pretty much took the unhypocritical Chelsea fan stance. Um, but I have a question, though, you know, because people talk about due diligence and that. I wonder if the Saudis did due diligence on Newcastle, considering they Saudis love horses, don't they? Arab stallions and all of that lot. And they just bought a club whose fans like punching horses. So maybe they have not done their due diligence either. But there you go. Um, and, and alcohol. <laughs> and alcohol. You know what? I did think about that. Sam's laughing nervously because he's now going to go and reread my article and go, Christ Almighty, he didn't put that in there, did he? I'll get the lawyers onto him now. But, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give it another read, just to make sure. <laughs> I, did, I did quote a Clash lyric and a, and a Who lyric. I always like to do a bit of that. So anyway, uh, check that out tomorrow, people, when it, when it, when it kind of comes online. Um, JK, have you got anything to say about the, the Geordies? Good luck to them. Yeah. But I, I think it, it, it it's... It's a um, a regime that uh, causes us all to raise eyebrows, and and yet um, it's utterly consistent with everybody else who's who's been allowed to uh, take over clubs. So why should we um, why should we have any qualms about it? Well, well we, should, we this, should really. This government have done deals with the Saudis since the nineteen seventies. At what po- at what point do you say stop, and why? Of course. Or why all of a sudden is it? Newcastle United is the the tipping point. I mean, there's something else we need to think of as well. The Premier League will more seem to be more concerned about um, piracy than human rights abuses because yeah. as soon as a, as soon as the that 
channel that stops, yeah. That, yeah. It, that sealed the deal. That, that was my point, Martin. I mean, I, I don't blame the fans because we've been there in a sense. None of us, none of us questioned uh, Abramovich when he turned up. None of us said, where's the money come from? None of us said, what are the strings attached? We just said, marvellous, we're going to win shit. More shit. Shit that really matters. That's what we thought. And we were buzzing. And I, I remember it well. Yes, and I don't... We, we all we all got on the train together, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, of course uh, we did. But that's what we do. Horizon with it. Yeah, that's what yeah. we do. And I and I questioned whether supporters have a moral compass, but actually, in a sense, whether they should do. And I, my point was was that actually, it's the Premier League and the people who govern the game that should protect us from ourselves. And I think they've done an appalling job in that. But as you rightly say, Martin. You know, they've been doing an appalling job on that since since, you know, year dot. What exactly what you know, how low is the bar for a fit and proper person test, for God's sake? That's that's the questions that should be being asked. You know, if it's not if it's not somebody who's part of a regime who have got some of the worst human rights abuses on the planet, then what flaming well is it? You know, it's nuts. It'll probably be somebody that we don't do deals with. Well, that, right now, that would be everybody we do deals with, isn't it? Because we've no, got no true. bloody that's choice. That's true. <laughs> anyway, let's not get political. Um, right, OK, I think we should uh, adjourn this part because uh, I would not want to outstay uh, our, wel- our welcome for Sam, you know, too long. Um, really good to see you, Sam, as always. As I said, it's, it's always a pleasure seeing you, but it's been far too long. I think we're going to see you quite soon, actually. You're on a Monday show in a few weeks' time, I think. I believe so. Yeah, it's in my diary somewhere. I'll have to check it. But yeah, very much looking forward to that one, mate. Thank yes, you. Yes, indeed. And we, and I've got, I'm, I'm going to try and hatch a plan to get you and Adam on together at some stage. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. We did. We 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 we've done a couple of joint podcasts, and we can just lay back and just chew the card about Chelsea. So yeah, very much so. Very much. What we'll do is Chidge and I will then run away. Yeah. just the two of you together. <laughs> that's right. And we'll, we'll we'll call it Chelsea Football London. Oh, that's already been done. Damn. Never mind. Excellent. Sam, as always, lovely to see you. Enjoy the game tomorrow and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you very much for having me. As always, much appreciated. Always a pleasure, mate. And uh, there you go. Sam Incasol from uh, the Chelsea Correspondent for Football.London. If you don't read it, give your head a great big massive wobble because it's brilliant. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased because I write for it too, but there's some really good stuff. Including, actually, before you, I, I know I've kind of let you go, so I'm going to bring you back in now. I have to say, I love what's happening with the carefree Chelsea stuff with Daniel and Scott. And Jay, you know, really good stuff, man. Yeah, well, it's just it was just more of a case of getting more get getting more Chelsea fans on board. As you know, Adam's a Chelsea fan as well, and really going for and writing about the things that Chelsea fans care about. Um, I mean, I said on this before, I'm I'm not a Chelsea fan. I'm still getting to learn the club and and what make fans tick and and, and the history of Chelsea. So I'm still getting to learn that. But it's about getting those people on board that have a voice within the the fan community as well, like. And, and you should get them on the fan cast perhaps at some point. And uh, I'm sure no, there are rules. Jay, there Jay. are rules involved with that. Oh, are there? oh okay. Yeah. Fair it's, enough. It's very Fair hard. To, it's very hard to get into this establishment. You know, you get an instant pass because you're you're kind of affected with my <laughs> boss. So it's called buttering up to my boss. You know, oh, <laughs> he's looking at me like I'm nuts. I certainly wouldn't go that far. Well, but okay. yeah, no, they've, they've, they've been brilliant. And yeah, it's a, we're just trying to reach out to as many Chelsea fans as we can yeah. and hopefully bring them the content that they enjoy. I may I may well do it. But there are still rules that they have to pass through first. It's like an initiation ceremony. People who've been I, listening to this show know exactly what I'm talking about. It does involve beer, actually, Sam, funnily enough. You'll not be surprised to hear. I never passed that, you know. I never passed that. Yeah, but that's because I I, 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 I I tapped you up, mate. You plucked me from another podcast. I rescued you from from oblivion, didn't I? Or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, for constantly being on the subs bench. Yeah. 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 Well, no, we had you on as a guest, didn't we? And then and then you said, I really yeah. like this. This is lots of fun. I won't exactly. say the rest because it would be very in, 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 inappropriate of me to say anything. Losby has just called me a brown nose. Damn right, mate. Right on that uh, bombshell, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, let Sam go because as I said, we've been on, on had him on far too long already, which is not fair on a Friday night. Great to see you, Sam. We'll see you very very soon. Thank you, mate. Well, Sam. Stuff. Cheers, Sam. There you go. As I'll say for the second time, that's Sam Ankersol from Football London. And uh, now uh, in part two, we are going to be speaking to uh, Billy the Bee or Billy Grant, as he's known as uh, normally, uh, and he runs the podcast called Be Sotted. Uh, now, uh, this is going to be a challenge in, in many ways, not because he's a Brentford fan, because I've I got a bit of a soft spot for Brentford, really, uh, but I know he's at a football do, and uh, he's texting me as we speak. He's, have, he's having to extricate himself from uh, the, the festivities. So we're going to have a quick break, and then at some stage we'll be back with Billy the Bee and the Opposition View. Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store, Abo erforderlich. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with me, Stamper Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. Oh, is that what I get? One whoop? Yeah, it's all you get. Oh, all right, blimey. two whoops. Okay, whoop, God, whoop. you're blimey. Whoop, whoop. What are you on? Uh, and, of course, the absolutely lovely Martin Wickham. No whoops from me. No whoops from you. You're a very whoop, whoop-free zoo. I, now, I'm a whoopless person. You're a whoopless person, <laughs> indeed. Now, uh, as you know, um, it's time on a Friday night for this. The Opposition View. Yeah, that's right. Opposition view. Haven't done one for a week or two, which is a shame. Of course, we lost uh, David Walker the last time we had one because of all various technical reasons. But uh, I'm really delighted tonight to say that we've got somebody that we know back uh, from our Love Sport days, actually. But the wonderful Billy the Bee Grant from the Bee Sotted podcast. And Billy, you, you're in a kind of a, a rather unusual location for doing uh, a Chelsea fan cast tonight, aren't you? I I am indeed. I, I basically, I'm 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 in Pall Mall. At a very posh venue. I'm looking up at the chandeliers, as you see at the moment now, like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and there's all sorts of, like, you know, gold ornated steps and all that kind of stuff. I'm actually looking at CJ Flash at the moment now, who is the, um, he actually used to be on Choice FM, because I'm in the music industry as well. And he actually um, was a DJ at Choice back in the day and a DJ, but also, he also trained the BMX biker, who I think got a gold medal at the at the Olympics this year as well, like, you know, back well, in Peckham. The one who'd yeah. done that insane flip that no one that's had done right. before. Oh, cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's CJ, CJ Flash right over there. You know, wow. as I'm saying to you, there's all sorts of characters here. Downstairs, I was chatting to Beckham's old agent. I was chatting to Ceres Matthews. I was talking all sorts of... And I, I, didn't, I actually came shopping today. I was only going to get some clothes 
and get some bits and pieces because obviously being locked down for two years, your, your wardrobe's a little bit bare. So I came out there shopping and my mate messaged me saying, listen, come down around the corner because there's all sorts of characters here you're going to meet and I've come down here and it's been absolutely bonkers. So I'm, I'm sitting here on the wine and Lovely. the beer and everything like that and it's all good. This is what we like to see. Now, Billy, uh, I'm I, I, very delighted to be on your show earlier this week. Great show, by the way. As I said, really enjoyed doing it. Um, and it's not my turn to ask you the questions this time around. But the first one I wanted to ask you really, what's it like uh, as a Brentford fan being in the Premier League? It's really bizarre. It's really, really... Honestly, I can't, I can't tell you how weird it is because you have to imagine we have been... Uh, me, I've supported them for 40-odd years. We have been in the lower echelons of the Football League. Ten years ago, we were, more, we were almost in the conference. We had Terry Butcher who everyone was really happy that he's going to be manager. I was a little bit like, I'm not sure about this, but they were like, oh, yeah, Terry Butcher, he'd be brilliant. I'm like, what has he done? And literally, he took us to, he almost relegated us out of the flipping league. He was like, terrible. You know, so he was, he was on the verge of being a conference side. You know, Matthew Benham came in probably a couple of years later. Um, he came in, I think it was 2029. 20, 29, he came in, started to put a little bit of money here and there. And, and we've grown since then. But even though we've grown... And Matthew Benham has put his money in. If you said to me in 2010, 2013, 2014, 20, you're going to be a Premier League side, I would have said, yeah, 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 right. You're laughing. There's absolutely no way in the world because it's hard to get the Premier League. It's really hard to get out of the championship. If you, I mean, I'm not saying Chelsea will go down, but Chelsea, I know they've been down to Division Two, but they've been down to Division Two in the, in the bad old days. But if you get down in that division now, it's really hard to get out. You ask Leeds United, you ask Wolverhampton Wanderers, you ask Sheffield United, you ask all these teams. Reading, look at Reading. See you later. You know what I'm saying? It's really, really hard to get out of. And I spoke to our technical director, Phil Giles. We've got a really, really good relationship with uh, him and everybody at Brentford because that's how it goes. We're a small club, so we speak to everybody. You know, and uh, if you check out Pride of West London, is our podcast. We've got Phil Jards and Rasmus Angus and our, our director of football in the, on our podcast down the pub, having some beers, telling us everything. You know what I'm saying? And and Phil just said to us, "Tell you what, I think it's harder getting out of the Championship than it is being relegated from the Premier League." And he wasn't saying it on an arrogant because this was like four years ago. He said because there's a lot of really good teams putting a lot of money into trying to get out of the championship. So, you know, like Derby County, you were like mortgaging their stadium and selling their stadium to their owner so that they can buy put players on 65 grand a week and all this kind of stuff, which is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And they're not in there, but they were doing all this kind of stuff and inflating the market. And then you've got little old Brentford trying to compete against that. And it's really, you know, us, Barnsley, you know, all the teams that are the sort of the nearly teams who are trying to compete against that, who are not kind of like basically going against the rules. It was so hard. So he said to me, it's really, really hard. Whereas if you're in the Premier League, in the Championship, you've got to be one of the top three best sides in that division. Whereas in the Premier League, you've got to be one of the top bottom three worst sides. So he says, so as long as you're not one of the worst sides in that division, then you can survive. So I think that their mentality this season is to let us ensure that we're just not one of the bottom three worst sides in the division and then we can go from there so I, I quite like that that theory Billy was it a surprise that you got promoted last season because I've got a mate who's a Brentford supporter who has been very pessimistic over the last few years particularly when you sold Watkins and you sold um, 
the the boy to uh, um, Malpay, um, Malpay, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you yeah. sold him as well, and he yeah. was, he was, he. So he said to me, "No," he said, "That's it." He said, "That was the only chance we got to get up, and we yeah. blew it. He, we blew it. it." And he didn't expect you to get promoted last season. Was it a surprise to you? Uh, n- not really, no. Because, and I'm gonna listen. I totally understand. And listen, as a Brentford fan, I totally understand. And it's difficult for us because you have to remember that we're a small team. We're not like Chelsea. We're not like Arsenal. We're not like Man United. We're not like that. We had When we started all this, we had 4,000 average fans. You know what I'm saying? That's what we had as an average, yeah. right? When we when we got to the went from Division 1 to the Championship, I think our average was probably about six or 7,000, if you're lucky. And that was on a successful season. And then, that, then, and then we got like, Andre Gray, who we signed from Luton. Right, we got into the championship. We saw Andre Gray from Luton. Luton were in the non-league. He was our main striker at the time. Everyone took the piss out of us then, right? Everyone, all the pundits. <laughs> Brentford, you're not going to get promoted. You've got a non-league striker and a manager who's never managed in the championship at that time. We got to the playoffs that season, right? Right. We were a stone's throw away from the Premier League. So what we're saying, but at the time we were like, wow, this is unbelievable. We we only wanted to finish what. Um, 24th, 20th, 20th, I think that season, but it is, you know what I'm saying? So we wanted to make sure, or 19th, we want to finish 19th so we didn't get relegated. But we finished in fifth place. We were absolutely over the moon that season. It was unbelievable. We, okay, we lost to Borough and we got smashed by Borough actually in the semi final, but it didn't really matter because no one expected it. Now, what, the reason why I'm saying this is that Andre Graves signed for 500,000. In the following summer, when all the upheaval happened, Andre Gray went for, I think it was £12 million pounds to, to Watford, or it's £18 million, £12 million pounds to Watford. So basically in a year, we made like £12 million pounds on that player. All the fans were up in arms. Oh, my God, we're selling our best player. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. But our directors of football, who we know very well, just very calmly said, don't worry, trust us. We'll get somebody else who's better. And we're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, no, it's not going to happen because we're just used to old school Brentford. And as soon as you get someone who's any good, you hold on to them. But we sold him. And then the following season, we had, I think it was like Scott Hogan. Scott Hogan scored 30 goals in about two games or something like that. I like like him as a player very much. Very good player, Hogan. That's right. He was great. Yeah, we sold him to Aston Villa, who had no idea how to to, to play him. What to do with him. Absolutely. so he did, but yeah. we sold him, you know, we got 12 million or 15 million for him. It's like, oh, whatever. and we're like, no, no, you saw Scott Hogan, don't worry about it. You know, then we had Lasse Bieber. You know, I was like, oh, no, Lasse Bieber, you know, and then he scored 14 or 15 goals. And then Lasse Bieber went, oh, no, don't sell him. And then we got uh, Malpay, and then Malpay came in. It's like, then 18 goals he scored, and he went to Brian, oh, no, don't sell him. But by that stage, this is like, my okay. mate. you're sounding like my mate. This is my yeah. mate, exactly. I'm telling you, exactly. but, but no, but by the time Malpay was sold, we're going, okay, okay, you can sell him. You know, because we we trust you by then, and and Yotta, we had Yotta, we had you know, you know, we had um, um, Woodsy, we had all these players, and we sold them all. But by that stage, we had relaxed because we actually understood because they said trust the system, trust the system, and every time they bought someone better. So Ollie Watkins came in. No, it wasn't actually Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins came in, but Ollie Watkins was all right, but he was a winger, right? But what we did is that we struggled to replace um, Malpay when we sold him. So Ollie Watkins, Thomas Frank went to Ollie Watkins that season. And he said, "Look, we, we the, the winger that we the, the, the centre forward we were going to bring in, which was uh, what's his name Taylor from uh, from Charlton, which we were really glad that we didn't get because he we've also got a no dickhead policy at Brentford where you basically don't sign dickheads. 
and uh, we were going to sign him, but he's he's proven, you know, in retrospect to be a complete nutter dickhead. So we're glad we didn't sign him. But you know, we were going to sign him last minute for like four. Well, we wanted we we offered four million for him, and they wanted five Charlton, and we didn't want to go up to five, so we didn't sign him. We all did, we also had Godos, who we had now signed for us, and there's a long story short, but we didn't sign him, and we didn't sign him. So we had no striker in place of uh, in in place of Ollie Watkins uh, and in place of Malpay. So Thomas Frank went, uh, Ollie. Uh, we have no striker. Um, do you want to go and play forward? And Holly was like, all right then, but I've never done it before. And I remember Ollie Watkins coming to the fans and said, listen, everybody, I've been asked to play striker. Please bear with me. I've never done this before. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I've got to acclimatise. So please, if I make any mistakes, just, just chill. And he actually did that. And so everyone just left him to his own devices. For the first month, he was, he was, he was average, I have to say. Then we played... Um, um, Barnsley away he scored a hat-trick and then he was he was away and that was it and so he was brilliant and we had the BMW as you call it Ben Rama Watkins and Bumo who scored 55 goals between them they were unbelievable that season and uh, we knew that we needed to go up to keep those guys in check and uh, unfortunately we didn't go up and they got sold <laughs> they didn't typical Bradford you know but there you but, go uh, but it was cool you know yeah. but it's cool you know it's cool we're cool what I'm trying to say to you is that we're cool with it because we understand the system. And even though as a football fan, and I'm going to say this, you understand this, back in the day, you'd have a player who'd be there for four, six, eight, ten years, and you'd love them. Nowadays, the players and their agents, they turn them over in two, yeah. two, a year, two, three or four years. And it's horrible because you can't yeah. really get into players. But we're used to it because we know this has enabled us to survive as a club. And rather than do something like, Chelsea, uh, like Derby did or Sheffield Wednesday did, selling their stadium, and then all of a sudden, like three years later, they're in trouble and they're getting points deductions because like their owners in all sorts of trouble. We haven't done that, so you know, which is all good. It is indeed. Um, now, the last time, well, I, I want to talk to you about that in a minute, but uh, obviously you got a new stadium, very nice new stadium, which I passed going along the M4 quite a lot. Um, What's it like? And do, do you miss Griffin Park at all? Because, I mean, a lot of people who move to new stadiums are actually a bit meh about it because it's not the same as the old one. Where, where do you stand on that, Billy? I, I, I love Griffin Park. I miss it. I was in, I was in absolute um, denial that we would ever leave Griffin Park, even when the lockdown came and I was chatting to the directors and the directors of football. I was going, yeah, we'll, we'll go back and we'll play another game. And they were like going... I'm not sure about that. And I'm going, no, no, we will do it. It'll, it'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? Because I was in denial that I would never, I would, I would never see another game at Griffin Park because obviously our, our last game, okay, we beat Sheffield United 5-0 in our last game at Griffin Park. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's closed down. But, you know, we needed to have games and we needed to have a final game at Griffin Park where everyone could run on the pitch and, you know, just dismember the goalposts <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, what, that's what you have to have on a final game. And I just thought we're going to have that. And I was absolutely gutted that that wasn't going to happen. But in my head, it, it was going to always happen. And then eventually, we, the season started again. And then we, we finished the end of the season at Griffin Park. And we all walked down from, because we, we drink at a pub called The Globe, which is like five minutes from Griffin Park. And we walked down from The Globe watching the, the playoff semi-final against Swansea, which we beat them. And we walked down and we were all outside Griffin Park. And there's about, it wasn't loads, but there's about three or 400 fans outside there and they were singing and chanting and you know we saw the, the players came out and they played respects and then we saw the light go off finally it was almost like the light final light at griffin park and it was a bit of a sad moment it has to be said 
and uh, and 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 but and I thought maybe, but you know, I spoke to the director of football. He said, "Nah, that's it, Bill. Next season we're going to start off at the new stadium because we can't we can't do two games at one stadium and one at the next. It's just not going to work. So it's a gutter. But I have to say, the new stadium. We went to the new stadium, New Griffin Park, as we call it. We had a couple of games during COVID, which were you know pretty average. It's just like you turn up and there's 1,200,000 fans there. But it was the game against Bournemouth in the playoff semi-final. We were 1-0 down on aggregate in the first leg. So we've turned up at the second leg. So excited. I was in the boozer. Everyone was there early, singing all sorts of nonsense. We've walked down the flipping road, down to the, to, down to the stadium, new, new, new routes, down to the stadium. We got into the stadium 45 minutes early, where normally we turn up five minutes late for a game. Thomas Frank is up there whipping everyone into an absolute foaming at the mouth and everything like that. It was unbelievable. We've gone inside the stadium within like 10 minutes. I think we were 1-0 down, so we're 2-0 down on Africa. Next minute, the whole crowd goes off. It was ab- The atmosphere was electric. It was and, and me, I was very worried that um, the new Griffin Park, as we call it, would never have the atmosphere of the whole the old stadium. But me seeing that on that day, and 4,500 sounding like 50,000 going off, we ended up winning three Three one on that day, so we, we beat uh, Bournemouth and Aggregate three two. We got through to the playoff final. That was one of the best games I've ever seen at Brentford in the new stadium. And trust me, when the Chelsea fans come in there, the ones who are lucky enough to be in there, the atmosphere is on the next level. I, I say that unless you score within the first minute, and obviously <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to work hard to try and get it out there. Because there's what what seventeen and a half thousand capacity. That's right. Fifteen thousand of us, two thousand of you yeah. lot, you know. And but honestly, there, there's a lot of rabidness that goes on with us. And I mean, I listen. It's a five thirty kickoff. I am getting. I'm, we're going to Richmond. I'm going to be in there at ten o'clock on Saturday, <laughs> on Saturday morning. Good Seriously. And I'm meeting my. I'm meeting Russ. Russ. Russ, my Chelsea mate as well. He's going to be there. He's meeting us in Richmond at ten o'clock in the morning. And we're going to be going around all the pubs from ten o'clock in the morning, walking along the river, going up there, going to queue, going all sorts of stuff. Honestly. We're absolutely potty for it, you know what I'm you saying? Know, but Billy, that, that's a really good point you make. You're meeting up with a, with a Chelsea mate. I mean, I know a lot of Chelsea, uh, well, ex-Chelsea supporters, dare I say, who are, who are now Brentford season to Golders. I, I still don't know if I've got a ticket. I mean, there's a very good chance I might not get it now. But had I got it, I was going to be meeting up with them in a pub. And, and and I have got a soft spot for Brentford. Um, you know, I even went there when they, I had a, an American mate who came over one weekend. And he loves, you know, he doesn't get the chance to watch live football much. Of course, typically Chelsea are up at playing Middlesbrough, and I couldn't get a ticket. So, I, I, and the only the only two games in London that week weekend were Millwall at home or Brentford at home. So, funnily enough, I chose Brentford, and and we had an absolute riot that weekend. We just loved it. You know, it's a great little club, and and I wonder if if because I mean I know we talked about this on your show, but you know I I, I think that that Chelsea actually suffer in a, in a way because there's. We don't really have a rivalry with uh, with the other kind of West London clubs, um, so I mean, would, would you stand by that, or, or do you do you, do you hate us like all the other clubs in the world no. seem to? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I I kind of and hate's probably the wrong word because I think it's very difficult to hate a team who's two divisions above you. And Chelsea, for the best part of my life, has always been two divisions above us and 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 worlds apart. So how can you hate a team? who's two divisions above you that you've actually never really played. It's completely and utterly ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, at the end of the day, Chelsea do their thing. And yeah, okay, maybe I might not like the way that Chelsea have operated. I might not like the way that 
you know, because I'm not, you know, listen, I, I come from a team who I've been to Akron Stanley and Walsall and, you know, and Rex and all these places. That's where we go to. And that's how oh, we built our me, life. Excuse me. So have we. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no. Have you been to Accrington? Who been are they? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, listen, I've been to all these places week in and week out. So, I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying, Chelsea, you've been to, you know, you're going to all the... So, we're so far apart. So, I think that this rivalry that people talk about, I mean, there is no rivalry between us. And I've just been <laughs> delivered. Listen, listen I just wanted to say to you, I just wanted to show you, I've been actually delivered. I'm being delivered some more. Wine here as well, I as you can it. see. That is brilliant. You know what I'm brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. So, yeah, just, just to well, keep cheers, you fuel. Cheers, Billy. Yeah, yeah, that's all right, mate. Cheers. Can, can so, I ask but, you about yeah. Thomas Frank? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. No, no, but just going to go back to the rivalry. Right, there's, right, no right, rivalry. Yeah, there's, there's no rivalry. There's no rivalry between us. Um, but we, we, but the rivalry between us and Fulham is fierce. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. And people say, how can you have a rivalry between Fulham? But it's been going back from the eighties, and it is massive. And I'll be honest with you, we talked about it on our podcast the other week. Pride of West. Dot London as well. And I said, you know, Delaney, do you miss Fulham? He said, no, I don't. I'm quite happy to be without them for three or four years. But I said, I really miss the rivalry of Fulham because in this league, it's great. We're going to Crystal Palace and Chelsea and Liverpool and all these other places. But I can't feel the rivalry like we do when we go to Fulham with that anticipation and you're wanting to win and keep the eyes behind it for me. But still, and it's not, it's not quite the same. Of course, we want to beat Chelsea. But it's it's a there's a different feel because you just want to beat them because everyone everyone's written you off. So if you beat them, it's like hey, but it's not the same as beating Fulham. Yeah. I, I want Fulham to go up because I want to beat I want to play Fulham next season no, I, I big get, time. I get that, J.K. Um, no, I was just going to think if you hang around in the Premier League over the next few seasons, trust me, there'll be a rivalry. You're, it'll be created. It'll just happen. But it's only because we've hardly played each other. I mean, the, uh, the Fulham, we've still hardly played each other, but the rivalry, because we played each other a lot in the 60s yeah, and 70s, that lingered, that lingered. I, I, you know? Do you know what? I mean, you and I have had this out a lot, and it's, it's, it is a difficult, it's a difficult argument, but I, I, I stand by it that, you know, we, we, we don't have a rival with Brentford or Fulham because we quite like them, you know. And I, no, no, no. I, I, think, saw, that that, I, I think that that stems from... You, you you used to tell you used to tell me didn't you when I first met you you used to go to Fulham you were old enough to have gone to Fulham one week and Chelsea the next you kind yeah. of grow well, up I went with, with that. my dad exactly what my dad yeah. did but that was an but but yeah that 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 soon ended in the uh, uh, in in the eighties it just became slightly more violent oh, yeah. slightly more well slightly everything more did, didn't it really yeah the, absolutely the, there was a jealousy there but I I honestly think that um, it's down to playing the opposition. It's because we haven't played Brentford at all. I reckon if Brentford, with the way things are going, I think Brentford are going to you know, hang around in the Premier League for, for years to come. And in which case, there will there will be a rivalry created, yeah. as you'd expect. You'd expect that to happen. That's but no, but we, we like, we completely chidge. We like Fulham. We like Brentford. We like Queen's Park Rangers. No, no, no. I don't no, like no, 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 no. Nobody likes QPR. Let's get Nobody. this right. I like Brentford. I like Fulham. I like Queen's Park Rangers. <laughs> because my dad had a trial for Queen's Park Rangers, and he used to take me to Rangers well, a lot as well so. yeah okay but yeah no all right that's fair you're, enough you're on your own with that one but <laughs> I am on no i agree i agree i agree i understand why i mean i i get that no I no no you're right why. no no uh, no having having gone to rangers so often over the last few years and been subjected to a, a rather large amount of abuse i think you're probably <laughs> fair enough anyway i mean jk was uh, uh, um, effusing um, on how 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 well brentford are doing at the moment and billy you still with us 
I'm still with you, man. 100%. Stop chatting the barmaid up and focus on the football. <laughs> Got an upside anyway, down barmaid. <laughs> I know, it's quite surreal. It's a surreal picture we have. But, uh, you know, JK's been rather lovely and kind about Brentford and how well they might do. He thinks they might stick around in the Premier League for a long time. They've done brilliantly so far. I mean, what are your expectations this season, really? Listen, I just want to stay up. You know, if we can stay up, it's really wonderful. And I'm not being negative because I'm saying that if we, if we, I'm going to say this now, right? If we go down, right? And I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, but you've got to imagine that we went up, you know, we've got our statistical methods that people out there may or may not know. But what we were able to do is that we were able to basically um, use our own, has got this stats company, which basically is able to find players that no one else knows. So in effect, and then also we use all our methods to basically get us to where we are. It's taken us 10 years to where we are. So what's happened is that we're able to compete against teams like Derby and you know even Aston Villa and teams in the Championship who had much more money than us, much more West Brom, you know Bournemouth, all these teams that had much more money than us. So we've done that and we've got promoted in the Championship. We've got to this division now. So what I'm trying to say is that you know what are my expectations? Listen, obviously I want to stay up, but the fact is that you know if we go down, the last thing the teams in the Championship want is Brentford, you know with a load of Premier League money and then a load of parachute payments as well because that, that's so much more money than we've had before. So I'm not saying it in an arrogant way. So what I'm just saying to you is that I'm very comfortable with where we are because I actually love the championship. It's a brilliant league. It's really competitive. There's some brilliant fans down there. We've had such a laugh down there. So if we go back to the championship, listen, we'll go there and we'll have a laugh again and we're, 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 we're fully loaded up and we'll do what we have to do. But if we stay in the Premier League, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. So for me, I'll be happy if we finish 15th or 16th. People on our podcast, like I said, tried of West London. Check it out. Like I said, Chizzy's on the latest one as well. And we talk about that, a lot of things. People have said to us, don't be so negative, Bill. Don't be so negative, you guys. Because you're saying, you know, you're saying you want to finish, what, 17th, you know? So you want to finish one above, above the playoffs. But we believe that we're better than that. You know, why aren't you saying we should finish 13th or 12th? Or 11th, because at the end of the day, you know, the way we're playing the football should look like that. But as a Brentford fan who's seen us lose nine playoffs out of nine and then finally won the last one, which is the 10th one, I can't get into that mode. I'm still thinking, listen, as long as we can sort of kind of just do what we need to do and then just <laughs> and then just chisel our way up, I'm quite happy with that. So, but listen, really, if we finish, yeah. You've suddenly embraced the negativity of my friend again now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's. That's very Brentford. That is so Brentford. That is so, so Brentford. And can, all I ask Brentford you now, can I ask you this question yeah, yeah. now? Tell me this. Yeah. What has Thomas Frank got that that uh, that has caused this this ability to be? Because you're, you're saying at the moment you're happy to finish 16th, 17th. At the moment, the way you're playing, you're going to finish 9th or 10th. So tell me, what has he got? That is that is special. What what tactically are you a very? Uh, is, does he change the tactics mid game? Does he got does he great count? Hair, mate. Does he what? He's what? got great hair. Right, yeah, yeah, apart from the great hair, very good hair. No, yeah, great, I, hair. great hair. I wish I had what well, grated hair. Great you, hair, yeah. not grey hair. Yeah. So, so Thomas, Thomas, like I said, he's a top, top, top geezer. Again, if you check out Pride of West London, put in Thomas Frank and Besotted. He came on our podcast. No he said, way. Billy. Yeah, he said, Billy, I want to come down the. I want to be on your podcast. I said, only if you come down the pub with us. He went, all right then. And so he came down the pub, sat there for four hours, sat down there, chatted, ate, drank, and I. Brilliant podcast. 
told us a lot of things that we thought, actually, I don't think you should be saying this, actually. <laughs> but, um, but he did, because that's what he's like. And that's what our club is like. And that's what I love about Brentford. And this is not a disrespect on Chelsea or anyone no, no, else, no, but no. Everyone, everyone has got their own kind of like, you're, you, this, is what, this is what your club is about. And what Brentford is, that what we've said to Brentford, and, and like I said, I, I, I co-run beside with Dave Lane. We said to him, look, what you don't want to be is, so you don't want to be try to be Chelsea, or don't want to be Arsenal, don't want to be Man United, don't want to be Tottenham, because you will never be these clubs. Right? These clubs have got more money, they've got bigger, more fans, they've got, they've got everything. So what you need to do is you need to be different. So look at all the things that are different about your club and embrace it. So the one thing that is really great is that I can ring up our directors of football, you know, Phil Giles, Rasmus Agerson, and I can chat to them about anything, and they'll tell us about who they're trying to sign and transfers, blah, this, that, the other. I could bring, you know, talk to Thomas Frank. We had Mark Warburton down. We had, you know, Uwe Rosler down podcast. We've had, you know, we even had, uh, you know, one of our managers who was, um, 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 oh God, what's his name? We had a manager just after after Warburton. My brain's gone. Not, actually. not Uwe Rosler. Uh, no, 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 no. And um, he got him in. He got him in. I can't remember. He got him in from Holland as well. And we got him in on his first day. His first day, we said to him, like, look, we're Brentford, you know, we're the Brentford podcast. And look, you know, we're like, you know, want to take you out. And he said, OK. And he was like in a job. He hadn't even he hadn't even met the players. And we got him in on his first day, um, Mariners Dykehausen. OK. And we sat there. We basically, we, we got him pissed, right, on his first day. Right. <laughs> right. Oh. We were sitting by, the, sitting by the river and he was telling us all sorts of stuff. And we we're like going, hmm, OK. Right. This, this is, he's a lovely bloke. But we're not quite sure about this because he, he doesn't seem to be 100% clued up about what's going on in the championship. But this is no disrespect to him because, you know, maybe he, you know, and within eight games, he was, he was basically was out of the club, like, you know what I'm saying? But one thing that we did know is that he, he ate fish with his hands, you know what I'm saying? So we sat there, we ordered some fish. and he, he, Don't, don't shake his hand, fish. whatever you do. <laughs> so it's good. But you know, that's the kind of club that we are, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know. I've, so, I've heard that. I've heard, and I've been down there a few times and it, it's, it's always had a lovely... You know, that's the word. I'm, I'm tempted to say community feel, but I don't. I don't mean that. It's it's just a really lovely, close knit, friendly club, basically. Um, Billy, yeah. what's what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, I I did. I, I know I've had a sneak preview because I've listened to your show. But who who are the key players for you? You know, what worries you about us, and how do you see it all going down? Uh, we're worried about Chelsea. Full stop. You know what I'm saying? Because you're a brilliant side, and I'm not going to lie. And when you first, when the season first started, I was delighted that we're playing you in October as opposed to the first game of the season when we played Arsenal, even though I had no I, I didn't know we were going to beat Arsenal. I didn't. I really didn't. But in retrospect, I'm thinking, you know, look, you know, you, you, you've got some brilliant players. You've got a great manager. You've got a great team. And it's going to be really hard and it's going to be a really test for us. And I'm, and th- I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm telling you the honest truth. And, you know, as Chelsea fans, you have to, you know, you, 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 you know that and, and we know that. So, which is, which is not a problem. So, for, for and every game this season, we've always gone, this is our hardest game of the season. So, Arsenal was the hardest game of the season. Then, bloody Crystal Palace was the hardest game of the season after that. Then, you know, then, then Aston Villa was And every game has been the hardest game of the season so far because of, probably because of how we've done, you know. And, uh, and we've actually said now that Chelsea is going to be our hardest game of the season because you are a, a bloody good side. You've got a bloody good coach. You've got a bloody good striker. You've got a great midfield. Your defence doesn't let in any goals. You know, XG, if you love XG, we, if you check out Pride of West London, we talk about XG a lot because this is what's got to us where we are, which is expected goals, which is the 
the ability to create very good chances than putting them in the back of the net. So if you put a ball like in the in the middle of the of the six yard box, and a striker's there, you would expect him to put it in the back of the net. So that is kind of what kind of that's a not very if it's simple, Timo Werner. Yeah, that's a very exact. I saw that as well. That's quite bad, you know. But that is a very simple explanation of XG. So what Brentford were very good at doing is that we are very good at doing that in the Championship. It's become more difficult for us to do that in the Premier League, but we still abide by that. So at the end of the day, is that if we can create very good chances, we put them back in the net. But also, what would happen is in the in the, in the Championship, we create a lot of very good chances, but we wouldn't convert a lot of them. Very much like Leeds. So, as an example, if you put 20 balls in the in the middle of the penalty area, which you should score them, we'd end up scoring two, when technically you probably should have scored eight. And that was kind of very Brentford, but we'd do very well. And Leeds were very much like that. What we found in the Premier League is that we were like creating a lot less chances. So our XG is a lot lower than that. But we seem to be putting whatever we trade into the back of the net, which is a little bit worrying because you think, you know, it's going to go against the grain at some stage where you're going to get to a game where the chance, you know, you're not, you know, you create few chances, but you won't score them, and that's what we're saying against Chelsea. Maybe that might happen, or Burnley in a few weeks' time. So the reason why I'm saying I'm 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 emphasizing that point, saying to you that stats is is what our club is based on, and I think it's very important. A lot of people say it's a load of bollocks, but it's not a load of bollocks because at the end of the day, if you put the ball in the six-yard box and you've got a striker in there, technically, you know, he should put that ball in the back of the net. And if you've got a team that does that lots then you're doing very well. If you've got a team that does that lots and they're missing a load of chances like we did and Leeds did in the championship, but we still, because we were creating so many chances, we were still creating, like, you know, putting away, you know, 20% of them, you still do quite well. But in the champion, in the Premier League, you've got very good defenders. So if we do that and we're not putting the, the goals away, then all of a sudden that's going to cost us. And that is the fear that I have. Yeah. We create one or two chances, you lot, brilliant defence yeah, exactly and you that. don't actually yeah so so that's the fear so I'm saying to you actually I think we might cause a few problems but you are a very very good team and you might negate them so what well, go on then stick a stick a number on it Billy I, I know what you said on your podcast but I'm going to give you another chance now because I'm all fair um I've said on my podcast because I I I have a glass half full person I went one nil I believe that's right to Brentford and the reason why I said that is there's no, there's no, um, you don't get any plaudits for saying that Chelsea are going to win three or four nil. You absolutely don't get any plaudits for that. You know what I'm saying? Because you're expected to do that. So the next week goes, oh, so the Chelsea are going to win three or four nil. However, if you said that Brentford are going to win one nil, you know, like I said that the score against Liverpool was going to be two all and it was three all. And the following podcast, everyone, oh my God, Bill, I can't believe you predicted it two all and it's a three all. So we've flipped it. So everyone's flipped it now. So like, you know, so everyone's gone, all right, let's let's try and see if we can get the freak result. So I've gone for a one nil. I think Laney went for a two nil or a two one. The Allard went for a one all. And we're going for the freak result because if we get a freak result, you get the you get the props. And if we lose, no one really cares. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, go on, Martin. Sorry, you were, you're going to say. Yeah, it's got one point. I mean, all, all the talk about, you know, going for, you know, having, going on the pitch with Thomas Frank, etc. If you've seen the footage from the away end at Griffin Park in 2013, you'll know that that was not going to happen with, you know, us and Rafa Benitez. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you remember, remember that? that? Do you remember that game, oh, Billy? mate, that was brilliant. I loved that game. You know what I'm saying? I was there with my mate, King Tut. He was up our end, who's a Chelsea fan. So he stood with us 
because he couldn't get a ticket yeah. in your end. I think yeah. well, what I loved about that is that Rafa Benitez, well, because Riffin Park, I have to admit, I'm gutted that Chelsea didn't come now and didn't come and play us. Um, Chelsea, Man United, Man City, and New, yeah. in Griffin Park, old Griffin Park, because I know that they would have turned up and think, what the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, with that old dressing room, with the, 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 the yeah. honestly, it would have been, and I think Rafa Benitez turned up and he was like, his eyes were like, he, he had no idea what was going on because like, you know, he had all these fans with their, their foam from their mouths going completely rabid. It was, a, I think it was a 12.30 kickoff or whatever it was. And it was just, it was just absolutely bonkers. And Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea were really, they were reeling from it because we were up for it, you know. And uh, that last minute, bloody, that seven minute goal from, from what's his name? From Torres. Um, Torres. Torres, Torres, yeah. Torres, who was actually rubbish for you at the time. It was really <laughs> gutting. It was rubbish well. for us most of the time. Yeah, it? <laughs> it was and, terrible and, 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 the, and the German Messi. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Mate yeah. of mine couldn't get a ticket and he was, he was milling around the four corners of Griffin Park trying to get in. And he saw Marin come out after the second half and he went straight to the coach. We thought he'd stropped off, but he wasn't. It was because the dressing room was too small. He couldn't <laughs> hang around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's what I love about that old, because now we're too accommodating. You know, we've got a lovely dressing room. We've got a lovely stadium. The fans have got to go. Oh, I'm going to say to you as well that you, there's no beer in the away and I'm going to oh, no. alert the fans to it now. How However, dare you? And there's no us, pub on for, no, there's no yeah. pub on each corner anymore. Us as, got, there is a pub about three minutes walk from the ground, but us as besotted, we have campaigned against it, and the club have now come back and we've said, look, if you've got you've got to treat away fans as you treat home fans, we're not happy with this. And the club the club have come back to us and said, actually, you're right. So they've allowed beer for their away fans, but unfortunately, it's not for your game. I think it's for the Norwich game, which is going to be the next game. Typical. So unfortunately, yeah. It's only because so we drink it all, Billy. Out. They know they know what yeah. they're doing. We drink you out of beer. But I mean, one of my, yeah. by, I mean, you know, one of one of the great things about Griffin Park and why I was so so delighted I got to take my American mate there was, you know, it had it had a, a pub on each corner of the ground, which is what made Griffin Park unique. And I I remember, I mean, we had such a top day out when we went down there in 2013, and. The dog's abuse we gave to Benitez was the absolute highlight of it. But we then spent the rest of the day, you're right, it wasn't early kickoff. We spent the rest of the day just going from pub to pub to pub and having a good old sing-song in pretty much every one. And, I mean, it was a really great atmosphere. And, I mean, we, I think it's the Prince of Wales, isn't it, the kind of the nearest one on the corner? Is, that, is it the Prince of Wales? No, no it's a Griffin. There's a, there's a Princess Royal. Well, what's, the big, what's the, the big white one in the same road as the Griffin? The uh, Princess Royal, the Princess Royal. Right, that's the one. We were that in name there. Is a bell. Yeah, and then, it's and terrible, then, and, 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 terrible pub, terrible pub. Yeah, terrible it's, pub, it's, but brilliant on a match day. I mean, we went in there. A lot of us went in there, and they started putting on Chelsea, Chelsea kind of music, and it just ended up being a big, big loving really with all the Brentford fans. I've never seen anything like it. So it was a great yeah. day, great memories. Billy, you, you've been nothing short of fantastic this evening, mate. Especially taking so much time out of your your do where you can have free drinkies. So I, I'm very impressed with that. Thank you so no. much. Absolutely no problem. I really appreciate being on your podcast. And as Brentford fans, I'm going to say this to you, Chelsea fans. Listen, we're very happy to be in the Premier League. Listen, we're just enjoying ourselves. You have to excuse me for being excited. Because, no, not at all. Listen, you know, listen, you know, we've not been here before. So I'm excited at playing you, playing anybody else. If we win, we're excited. We're not taking the piss. We're just excited about it. And, you know, and we're all football fans and I understand it. And I'm very glad that we are in our stadium and we're enjoying the matches. I'm very glad that football, you, Chelsea fans can come down and enjoy the matches. And I'm very glad that you can go to your own stadium because this is what it's all about. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter about a team you support. It's about you enjoying your football. And, and honestly, and this for me is really, 
what it is all about. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your asses because I don't give a fuck if you're, <laughs> sorry, I didn't swear, but you're That's Chelsea right. or Wolves or whoever it is. It's like, we've missed this for yeah, such a long yeah. time and we're back here and listen, Definitely. everyone should just enjoy their yeah. football and have a right good laugh and enjoy your team and listen, and if you lose, you lose. Yeah. If you win, you win. It doesn't really matter. We'll have a drink. We'll have a laugh. Well, we'll go on and do well, what we have to do. We have we have a we have an old fashioned Chelsea expression, Billy, which goes back to the the seventies and the eighties when we used to lose more than we would win, and uh, it goes uh, win or lose, we're on the booze. Yeah, we're on that, and we we had a expression as well where you know which we because we're Brentford fans who our football was terrible, so we had kick football out of football because at the end of the day the, the football was the thing that actually spoiled the day so we'd go uh, we go home and away and the day before the game and after the game was brilliant but the game was absolutely terrible and we'd hate it and we'd want to kick football out of football but now I have to say that the football is actually not too bad so yeah, we well, actually have sure. to relinquish sure. the kick football out of football yeah. well, out we, of football we, we have a similar one which is football's a great day out spoilt by the 90 minutes on the pitch or ruined by the 90 minutes on the pitch so there we go Billy no, you, no, you've yeah, been yeah. brilliant as I said go go and enjoy your evening and go and give Keris Matthews a massive kiss from me I'm going to find her actually so this is all good she is absolutely lovely she's she lovely yeah, she really oh, no, is. Brilliant. Yeah, Mate, I'm, I, 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 obviously, I'm, I'm going to wish you a huge amount of luck for the rest of the season. I can't wish you luck for tomorrow, sadly, but I can for the rest of the season. And I really do hope Brentford stay up and we get to play you a lot more regularly than we have done in the past. But until then... No, we'll no that's all. Listen, to tell you something. Every single team that has done that has said exactly the same thing. And we've done all right. So thank you very much. <laughs> for I've just that. jinxed it. I've jinxed oh. it. Brilliant. <laughs> Fucked it right up. <laughs> and, and I've heard apparently, you know, apparently, and I'm going to tell you something, I'm sitting here right beside the, the, the referee as well. What's his name? Andrew. What's his name? Andrew. Oh, yeah. Tell you something. Yeah, I've just shaken his hand and I've given him a brown envelope and he's all You don't need to give him a brown envelope, yeah. mate. You do it for free. Anyway, Billy, yeah, we got to go. That's right. Lovely to okay. see you, mate. You take care. Take that. it Cheers. easy. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Brilliant. Oh, gosh. The absolutely fantastic Billy the Bee Grant from the uh, Besotted podcast. And uh, we're going to go and have a lie down and recover after that. And then we're going to come back for uh, for part three to give you our preview of the Brentford-Chelsea game. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. I tell you what, one of the things I do love about the opposition views, I mean, it reminds me of that, um, um, God, what is his bloody name? Oh, God, Ben, I think it was, wasn't it? Ben, uh, the Sheffield United fan. Uh, we had on a couple of a couple of times last season. Just they're just so passionate about their club, and I think I think you know talk about. I mean, Billy Billy was he'd had a few glasses of wine to be fair, but you know the passion comes through and the love of the game comes through and the love of the club comes through, and it, it kind of restores my faith in humanity when you you get to listen and talk to people every week who who love their clubs in their own way as much as we do actually, and I think that's really nice. And I, I you know, I was, I was just hoping we were going to get Keris Matthews as a guest. I was, I was, that's why I was stringing it out. I was stringing it out in that very hope, Martin. Anyway, right, it's our turn now. We could have chatted to the waitress. I'd have liked that actually. Yeah. That would have been fun. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised, J.K. You old flirt, you. Anyway, um, right, it's our turn now, and as always, we're going to start with the team selection. Uh, what I suspect it might be. 
I have gone for the following, all right? Mendy, I'm sorry, Maundy, uh, Chaloba. Well, obviously, because we know Rudiger's out. So I've gone Chaloba, Christensen, Aspilicueta. I'm not entirely... I, 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 I have a suspicion. I don't know. I mean, I've stuck Chaloba out left. I don't know if he can play there or not. Got no bloody idea. But I, I maybe it might be Christensen on the left and Chaloba in the middle. And I think given Ivan Tony is a very physical striker. That might not be a bad idea. Midfield, uh, well, obviously going kind of either 3-4-3 or a 3-4-1-2, really. Uh, Chilwell absolutely nails on uh, the left wing back. Uh, Reese James nails on for the right uh, wing back. Kante nailed on. The only issue, I've, I've gone for Jorginho because I think that's what Tuca will do, but I'd be much happier to see Loftus-Cheek there if the truth were to be told because I think he's been really good recently. And then up front, Mount obviously comes back in. Lukaku's fit, we know, so that's a given. And again, I would actually play Werner uh, as the other one of the three or as a two up front with Lukaku because I think um, he did all right against Southampton. So that's what I think. What do you think, JK? Um, I think he'll um, uh, he'll play Alonso. Oh, really? Yeah, sorry. No, no, but sorry. do you really think he will? Because Chilwell's been so good. And he was yeah, dogs but... the other week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just think it's um, um, I think he just wants the height. I think he might play a height thing. That's not a bad uh, idea, actually. Um, and he also might um, uh, I, once again. I, I mean, what I was trying to to ask um, um, Billy was was what tactics was that Frank employed, but I didn't get an answer. They always play three five two. But no, no, but I know. But I, I'm I'm asked. I'm asking whether or not it becomes constantly attacking or whether it's a defensive thing. It, and, um, it tends uh, to vary, uh, JK. No, indeed, it's in and out, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. So, I mean, at some points against Liverpool, I think they played quite direct to Tony. So, you know, I would imagine they'll try and do the same thing. Yeah, well, watching that game, I was impressed by the way that they kept coming back all the time by constantly attacking, and they got decent enough players. And Tony's a terrific forward. So, um, uh, so yeah, that it looks to me as if they won't ever give up, which is... So it's going to be down to a very impressive defensive performance and possibly getting them on the break, which I think having Conte in there is going to be an absolute boon to it. And he'll play Jorginho accordingly, Chidge, I think, but just because he likes... Well, I think he will airing, too. ...airing those two up. I and think I, he will I, and, too. Yeah, and I think he'll play Christensen in the middle, but you're right about about um, uh, Chalobo. I, who else could he play in the three Well, there? there's Saar, isn't there? But... I... No, 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 exactly. So I, I, yeah, so I think, I think you'll, you'll, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I'm 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 now even, sorry, I'm I'm now even more concerned. I really do hope Reese James is fit because he's fit. He is, and he's definitely fit. So there's no, because Hudson Adore on that side could get. I, 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 yeah, I, I think so too. JK, this this is from uh, Rick's uh, pre-match briefing. You might be interested to hear this, right? Chelsea's yeah. excellent defensive record will face one of its toughest examinations so far as Thomas Frank's physically imposing team put bodies in the box, runners behind and play with high intensity, scoring twice or more in each of their past three league outings. Yeah, yeah And yeah. Uh, Frank rarely changes his personnel changes or formation, though they can play differently according to context pressing some teams high, sitting off others and using a low block. Um, they are the, the Right, his side are strong in the air. They've scored 50% uh, of their top 10 top flight goals from set plays, including penalties, going in team-handed and ring-fencing the box at corners and free kicks. The idea is to recycle any cleared ball, any cleared ball. More goals come from the second phase action than directly from a set play in the Premier League. So there you go. So that's... I think, I, I, I think we're going to miss... Rudiger and Silva, who have yeah, been the I absolute main mainstays of the uh, of the defence 
So um, I think they'll score against us. I think Alonso um, is a good call for that very reason. Actually. Yes, that's yeah. exactly why I think he might. They might play him exactly for that because because he hasn't got the, the the mastery in the air, which is one thing that you can say about Alonso. I mean, bizarrely, of course, Alonso then played really well for Spain, didn't he? Re- Did he? Recently, yeah, yeah. He didn't. He was selected for Spain along with with Aspi, mm. and um, uh, and apparently was was outstanding in the first game of the. Um, uh, of the nations, uh, uh, um, whatever it was, you know, the final thing we missed out on, um, the aggregate thing they all ended up playing each other, France versus versus Spain, and where where the wonderful referee we haven't even mentioned at all. Um, uh, we're getting to him. Don't worry. We're going to get to him. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think it selects itself. I think Werner plays obviously with with all those injuries, um, except Havertz um, had a very good very good week so you wonder i think whether Werner might not play and he might play havertz instead although Werner scored four and five hasn't he now? oh yes he had as well well it's a it's but then Havertz scored I, as well I, didn't he? I just so, think, no. i just think that that the, against southampton we fought we saw the the green shoots of recovery as yes. william reese mogg yeah. might say uh yeah. of of Werner maybe being able to strike up some sort of a partnership with lukaku along the lines of what spackers were saying last season about the fact that to get the best out of Werner, yes. you've got to play him yes. with a big up front striker. Yes, they may give him the chance to do it. May he may think that he may put him in the side to do it accordingly. Except I don't know. You don't know what he's been practicing. Well, he's only got two days. Didn't well, he, exactly. So, well, that, that's a good point, yeah. mate. Actually, and I, I wanted to ask Martin this because I know we we talked a little bit about it uh, with Sam, didn't we, earlier on? Yeah. But I mean, the thing that does worry me, both of you, but I'll, I'll ask this to Martin first. You know, the number of times we've seen. Chelsea and a lot of the big sides, you've got a lot of international representatives come back off an international break. Uh, JK just reminded us they've only had a couple of days training. Their mentality is not on it. Um, and, and they come a cropper against anybody. And it worries me that it'll be the same on Saturday, I have to say. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about it as well because I think they get keyed up for certain games that are considered, you know, massive London rivalries. So, you know, Spurs obvious one and to a lesser extent Arsenal, Liverpool, those type of games they're always up from and they tend to underestimate other London teams when they're playing against them. I think they've done it a few times against QPR, even Fulham to a lesser extent but we were helped by them being utterly dog shit every time they've been in the Premier League the last couple of years. They cannot go in flat against Brentford. Um, The results they've had have have come against teams that play out. So Arsenal, even though they were struggling at the time, weren't sitting back. Liverpool, of course, aren't going to sit back. They've got a draw against them and scored three goals. If we aren't on it and we start getting, you know, a few crunching tackles go in, whips those fans up, then it could be a long evening. I would, you know, fixtures are what they are. I would have maybe preferred it been on a Sunday, but, you know, we can't complain. We can't really cut when he odds that and the last thing I would say is on the Nations League the last thing I saw in the final of that game was as Piliqueta bollocking Anthony Taylor so well uh, JK mentioned that didn't you you because you, you, you clearly watched the game as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, was, it was after that it was after the offside, offside goal wasn't it well, yeah yeah, that's, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. that's so typical of Taylor coming up with an explanation for something that you know defies all everybody else's logic in the same way that you know he let um um, uh, who was the Arsenal player um, um, score after he handled the ball in the cup final 
Um, Alexis. Sanchez. Yeah, Le- yeah, yeah, Sanchez. You just, you know, you can see his mind working, thinking whether he whether he has the ability to 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 actually think. Oh, I will, I will definitely cheat here. I don't think that's happening. I think he just comes up with some convoluted analysis of the laws in his mind that seems to go against anything not it's anything sane this is my problem mm. with him as a, as a referee and the, the stats of of two of, of 11 games that he's been in charge of at Chelsea us we've only won two of them uh, I mean just speaks absolutely oh, it's, it's worse well, than well, that well, sorry well, I think, I think it's worse just, well hang on sorry. Hang on just, gonna on. just pick up on what JK says because it's worse than that I mean you're right um you know We've uh, only won two of the last 11 matches that Taylor has refereed for us. But of, uh, we've got the lowest win rate of any club ref by Taylor, winning 18 out of 38. United have won 20, 25 out of 25, I hasten to add. And he's also, he's also given five penalties against us in the last 11 matches, of which we've won yeah. only two. Sorry, Martin, I, I, they needed to be got in there. I think, no, I think this whole thing of some of these refs declaring an allegiance to a non-league or lower league club um, so Anthony Taylor claims he's an Altrincham fan, and he gets to referee all the, the games in Greater Man- involving Greater Manchester teams. As a result, Mike Dean claims fandom of Tranmere, and he gets to ma- to referee Liverpool or Everton. I'm fairly sure. I know Clattenburg had to declare he couldn't referee Newcastle games, and Kevin Friend I think can't referee Leicester for that. For the reasons are they both admitted that, that that's the team I support, therefore I can't referee them. I think Martin Atkinson as well and possibly Howard Webb. But it's like, we know it. I mean, even if they claim I don't support them, I don't support them, geographically, don't have it. It can't be that difficult to, in a game involving two clubs in West London to have a ref from, you know, else, not Manchester. <laughs> you know, just, it's, it's, a lot, it's laughable. And to me, I would... I saw some of the tweets I didn't like, which were basically saying, oh, we might as well chuck it in. We're going to lose. That's a load of bollocks. And it feels a little bit like making excuses before a ball's been kicked. But some of the decisions are just so bizarre. And I've I've tried to convince myself he's not not corrupt. He's just incompetent. He can't fart and chew gum at the same time. But sometimes the evidence is there with your eyes. It's ridiculous. Well, I, I tell you what. I mean, I know you like a bet on the football occasionally, Martin. Put all of your money on on, on Cesar Aspilicueta getting sent off tomorrow. He'll certainly get. He'll certainly get a yellow card for descent because he'll be. He's, he's, he's given the red card for the last game. Yeah, that, that was for the Nations League final. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can you can bank on that happening. Uh, yeah. I, I got got to say, J.K. You know, we we had such a huge rant, didn't we, about Taylor? Was it? I forget the game now because I've got a memory like a goldfish. It was City, wasn't it? Um, <coughs> I thought it was um, uh, Liverpool. Was it Liverpool? Was that at Anfield when he when he gave the uh, when the James record. got red carded? Red, red carded, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Of course it was. Um, and I can't believe we've got him so soon. But I have to say, it is a concern for tomorrow, isn't it? Because Completely. we just know. It's what the players think as well. Well, yeah, because they weren't happy with what had gone on. Tuchel wasn't happy with what went on, even though he he was interviewed. I think it was on Talksport on the way back, and he's clearly he was happy to have got the draw. But he was saying, "Why is he look? Why is he looked at a still image?" And you know, this has to rattle around the minds of players. And I know they they don't want to, you know, the club don't want to go public 
having public rows and about refs after what, probably what happened with Clattenburg all those years ago. But you know, we all see it and we all talk about it. You can guarantee the players do as yeah, well. I mean, there was resentment in the team when they yeah. go out to play yeah. with the referee who is uh, they don't feel is treating them fairly. They, it's it's a it's a powder keg, isn't it? It's just waiting yeah. to go off. It's a shame. It's, it's a shame it's not a Griffin Park for the simple reason Andy Taylor would have to walk past us. Oh on the way to... God, ah. that might be the only thing that would cap uh, our abuse of Benitez. Actually, I think it, it, well, it might actually get the game abandoned and <laughs> points deductions. Well, and also because so. it'd be far too easy to run on the pitch and clap uh, and, and clobber in one. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is a concern. I mean, it amazes me because Man United have absolutely no had no such issues with coating off referees and trying to get them banned from their matches. Ferguson used to do it all the time, so I don't know why we're so shy about this. Take the fuckers on for a change, you know. Fight, I'm surprised the, the press have the press haven't worked this out and gone for him. I don't know why they they don't seem to go for the refs in the way that. That we do, that other 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 fans supporting teams do. I, I, don't I might have an answer for that. All right. Um, many years ago now, I made a I made a a kind of weird old uh, kind of a list show for uh, ESPN. Um, the, the things we love to love and love to hate about sport, basically, and referees was one of the things we love to hate. And um, I needed footage, you know, of referees being twats like. Um, um, uh, Graham Pohl giving you know in his three card trick and things like that, and uh, and I I got uh, basically I wasn't allowed to use any footage that would have been uh, derogatory about referees, so they protect them. That I think it was the FA at the time, rather than the Premier League. I don't think the PGML PGMOL had been invented then, but basically they close ranks, the authorities, the establishment to protect them from their incompetence and being being shot at. So, in other words, if you're a journalist and you, you write scathing articles about referees, you suddenly find your access to various things will disappear. That's my suspicion. Or is that there's that, and they've you know they've tried to make fucking celebrities out of them. So you know, Mike Dean is all of a sudden this cult hero when the rest of us think he's a bald scout twat who loves himself. Yeah. And they're getting Andre Mariner on the on a podcast with Peter Crouch for the BBC. So they're making celebrities out of these refs and, you know, they be- they believe their own hype. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think there is there is a, a need for the respect campaign at grassroots, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be allowed to analyse performances and mistakes and establish patterns like this in the professional game. Because I just don't understand why they keep coming back year after year. We see exactly the same faces. Obviously, they haven't reached... Re- retirement age whatever that is but but it, they should make the retirement age younger to get the younger fitter refs they just say it's all down to experience i don't see any uh, the, their experience the, the experience they've been out they just repeat the same errors yeah. they've made the season before that's absolutely um, right that's absolutely right i mean I, I look i think i think martin touches on something really quite important there jk and i think the the, the issue for me is clarity and transparency and accountability and I don't see any of that in the current refereeing setup. And I think if we had clarity, transparency, and accountability, you wouldn't get the ruckuses that that come from us lot about it. But also, you wouldn't get Taylor refereeing at all. No, you get the Dermot Gallagher's on there every week, supposedly analysing. No, he's not. He's their fucking mate. Yeah. He's just, you know. And we, he's we not all know say anything negative about. He's them not going things. to. And you know, he can't even use his natural accent on television, so he's not going to fucking slag off his mates on TV. No, he's he's, he's lovely, yeah. Dermot. He's a really lovely yeah. man. But I, yeah. I totally did, agree. Did, with you, did you see? Did you see when he spoke in his Irish accent? No, I've never heard him speak in his Irish accent. I, I, I know Dermot as well. 
it was the most Dublin thing I've ever really? heard. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it was an elaborate April Fool's prank. But I, I, I saw it in February, and he said he he, he he was on a Irish clip show, and he went with his Dublin accent, and he just said he had to mod he had to modulate it. I was like, no, there's there's modulating an Irish accent and they're sounding like you come from Birmingham. There's a big fucking difference. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> All right, listen, we've been carping on about the fact that we've got Anthony Taylor as the referee and, you know, surely to God, uh, you know, we we can't be getting our excuses in first. Surely not. I mean, we're good enough to beat Brentford, even if they've got 12 men, including Anthony Taylor. Do you think, Martin? Absolutely. Um, I Yeah, I, if we go in with the right attitude, which is... To take Brentford seriously, and they're a good team. They absolutely should. Um, they get their get their tackles in early. Don't mess around getting intimidated and letting you know let, letting the fans get revved up and enthusiastic. Because the minute that starts, they could be if that happens, they could be in bother, and we could be looking at some of those silly games against QPR where we should have we would have beaten them ninety nine times out of a hundred, but we turned up with the wrong attitude. Um, my worry is if, as well, if the, if the players are concerned about the performance of Mr. Taylor, that they might not be as, you know, enthusiastic on certain challenges as they might otherwise well be. My my fear is if there is an incident early on, like a, a late tackle of some kind, that and everybody will erupt. It will then that that'll have a bearing on the rest of the game. I just think if he, if he gives gives a contentious decision early on, hmm. um, the whole thing can fall apart. Uh, yes. I, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm not even suggesting a sending off. I just mean a um, um, a tackle that he doesn't um, he doesn't give a yellow card for from a Brentford player. That is obviously the case. And I just think they they will already start being wound up. It's going to be very delicate. All of this, but um, I think this whole uh, the, the, it depends also what what Kante we see playing because. Um, well, we've got a uh, choice of two, haven't we? To be fair, we indeed, indeed, we we have the one, the, the one who's slightly off the pace because he's because he's got COVID. I think we've got past that. I one, think he's all right now, though. Isn't he? I think he's, he's all right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if he plays at his normal level, we're you know we're 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 already quids in in terms of uh, of of dominating the midfield, and I, I don't think they'll have seen anything like it because I mean, he's such a wonderful player. I, I would love to see Loftus Cheek start because I just think he adds something that we don't have. But I have to say, I do. I don't have a problem with the idea of. Uh, Jorginho starting because I mean I think it means we will keep the ball better and given given their proclivity to have a go I don't think that's a bad thing to be able to kind of you know slow the game down kill the game a bit just keep the ball a bit and I think Jorginho is one of the best at doing that to be fair the, uh, it, it, the team that we the, the way we've seen them play recently is is the their ability to pass brilliantly to keep the ball from the opposition and uh, and I think there will be a flurry of activity in the first ten minutes with from from them because it seems to be the way that most teams want to try and play against us at the very beginning of the game. Come out very quickly out of the traps to try and impose something upon us, and then after a bit it subsides and we actually manage to then play the ball around. It depends whether they actually manage to score in that period. That's my that's my fear that there will be an onslaught and the the crowd will get behind them and their silly refereeing decision will make it uh, will compound it. And it's then it's all slightly uphill. But I have faith in the manager to even once again adjust at half time if necessary, because he has that ability. Loftus cheek could be brilliant last yeah, minute. Uh, I, I see him as a sub later on. I agree with you. I if agree. Brentford have gone full bollock in the first yeah. half, don't yeah. get a lead and tire, yeah. then yeah. 
he could be slaling him yeah. through them in the last 20 minutes. Not, not to mention uh, the much-lamented uh, Mr. Barkley, of course, who's done all right when he's come on. I've got this for you, JK. You're going to love this, given what you just said. Um, yeah. Chelsea are yet to concede within 40 minutes in the league this uh, term. That's fucking jinxed it. <laughs> There's another one, just to jinx it further. If we win, uh, If we win this match tomorrow as a London derby... We're looking to win our seventh consecutive away league London derby for the first time in our history. There's another jinx for you. Any more where that came from? <laughs> if you have, can you put them somewhere else, please? <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I, I'm I'm wearing the same pair of un- underpants the last three days. So, uh, Pooey. I know. I'm just quite literally. But <laughs> uh, well, that's that's just because of a of a a, a, a fault a fault with a, the washing machine. A, a wardrobe oh, no. malfunction. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So. I just might wear them again tomorrow, just to get rid of this jinx—the jinx that we we possibly jinx. Well, you'll certainly be getting rid of something, mate. Probably the, your close friends, I would imagine. But hey, I have I have none. But you'd have us. You've always got us. If you might have you're nothing, but you've always got us, J.K. You're, you're on Zoom, Chid. Well, I, we do see you occasionally. Or oh, talking okay. of which, I, I presume you're both. I mean, I know Martin's going. Are you going tomorrow, J.K.? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm. I'm sitting with my Brentford friends. I was going to say, are you with with our fans or their fans tomorrow? I'm with. I'm tomorrow. I'm with. I'm with my completely negative Brentford friend. Is that because you couldn't get a ticket in our end? No, no. I had a ticket. I've got a ticket. All right. got, but it's a. Uh, it's a concessions ticket, so I can't give it to you, Chidge. No, 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 no. So I, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, no, but I would. I would if I was able I know, to. But I no, know no, you would bless you. He's, he's allowed me to uh, to sit with him, but he's he said, "Oh no, we're going to lose easily." But that he's just completely negative about everything. He's probably a former Chelsea fan. That's the kind of attitude that we pride <laughs> ourselves in, isn't it? But there you go. No, the the real. I wasn't angling for a ticket, but it's very lovely of you to 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 say that you would have given it to me if you could, and I and I love you for that. Uh, what I really wanted to know, what I was really angling for, was: Are you doing a fan bite tomorrow? Uh, yes, I will do a fan bite tomorrow. Yes. yes, yes. I don't know where it'll be though. I'm 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 scared of having my phone nicked. So. Uh, I tend to try and hide away, and yeah, I probably the mean are. streets of Brentford, mate. Oh, hey, Forsyth, South Ealing. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've heard about yeah, South Ealing tube. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might walk down, uh, down towards the M4 actually, and sort of try and do it in a behind a tree there or something. So, uh, yeah, you, you can always do it in bed again. I think that went down quite well last time. It did, didn't it? Yes, <laughs> for for our female listeners, perhaps. Anyway, uh, right, okay. Uh, door, uh, scores on the doors, please, Martin. What are you going for? I am going for two one. Chelsea yes. after all that negatives earlier. Yes. Uh, I, I love the fact, by the way, that Billy and his mates, like us, do never, never obviously predict anything other than a Brentford. Well, they never predict that Brentford will lose. I, 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 I'm wholeheartedly behind that approach. Uh, JK? 3 uh, 1. To Chelsea? Yes. Just checking. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I couldn't say. Well, I'm the same, actually. I can't, I can't ever give a negative. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tempted to, uh, to, to to go three two that there might be lots of goals in this and I've got don't know why I th- I think that but I'm gonna uh, err on the side of caution and say say two one actually actually it's a good point Chid because once again we if we don't know the combination of the uh, of the mid of of the def- the defensive centre half setup right. do we we don't know what that's going to be because it looks to me as if Chalabar will have to play out of position yeah. Yeah, or or Aspie could play on the left and Chaloba could play on oh, the yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah, Aspie could play on the left. Yeah, yeah. You because know. he has played that in his previous uh, previous games for so, Chelsea. I mean, it's not, you know, I don't think it's necessarily... I mean, you know, I, I'd, I'd take Chaloba, Aspie and Christensen 
all day long. I think they're they're three very good centre backs. But I, I take what you say, and I think I think tomorrow Rudiger and Silva will be a miss because Brentford are physical. But there you go. I'm going two one. Martin's going two one, and JK's going three one. I can absolutely predict with certainty that sometime after the match, uh, JK will be doing a fan bite, a Chelsea fan bite, which I will, of course, as all of you, be very much looking forward to. Uh, tomorrow evening at some time, but do it in somewhere safe, Jake. I worry about you out on the mean streets no, of uh, agree, wherever I, doing these. You know, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. It just makes it slightly delayed if I do it further away from the. I like oh, to yeah. do it with, with uh, outside the ground if possible, but um, uh, I think it's probably not a good idea when I'm away to do it outside the ground. Yeah, yeah. And also, also some people the uh, the, the the Arsenal game was practically impossible because people kept coming up and saying, "What are you doing?" And uh, or even walking across while I was doing it and saying, "Hey, mate, I've come hey, you, what are you talking about?" And the policeman saying, "Move on, please, move on." Yeah. In, in the middle of it, so uh, it's um, yeah, it'll probably be um, uh, on, behind a tree somewhere. Well, be careful. I'll always be careful. Uh, all right, it's been brilliant fun tonight as ever. Uh, uh, thank you earlier on to Sam, the lovely Sam Inkersoft from Football London. Thanks to the quite phenomenal Billy the Bee Grant from the Besotted Podcast. Uh, Pride of West London, or Pride, I don't know, some, I don't know. It's easy to find. Just go and look for Billy the Bee or Be Sotted Podcast on uh, on Twitter and all your usual places if you want to check him out. And, of course, the lovely Martin Wickham. Enjoy the game tomorrow, Martin. I may, or more likely, may not see you tomorrow. It looks like my ticket has not uh, fallen into my lap, for which I am very sad. But, hey, enjoy it for well, me on my behalf. Fingers crossed in the meantime, mate. You know, yeah. always, you've still got... Tomorrow morning, perhaps. So. I have got tomorrow. Yeah, There's always know. tomorrow morning. There's always a chance. But I have a, I have a suspicion that that ship has sailed. So, I mean, the, the sad reality is, even if I did get a ticket, I'd have to drive up, so I wouldn't be able to get pissed as a fart anyway. So maybe. That Can't you put it out it. on Twitter? Can't somebody give you? No, because everybody. I don't like doing that. You know. No, no, no. You know, but I mean, I got offered one, and it was a great reason why I would have been able to get it. But there's been a terrible reason why I might not get it, which is nothing to do with the person who was offering it up, and it's all very sad. But there you go. Say, Lavi. Uh, JK, uh, enjoy the match as well in the Brentford end. Uh, give them, take, make sure you take their end, otherwise I'll never speak to you again. It's in Brentford corporate, actually. Well, even even easier. You should be able to do that on your own. I have faith in you. Uh, at, but... least you at least you'll be able to be the only Chelsea fan who gets a beer in the ground. So oh, we'll that way. and he won't, won't be bloody if drinking only, it. If only I drank beer. Apparently, <laughs> though, you get a pie. I've been told, so um, I might look forward to that. Or All not. right, maybe. Either way, both of you have a great time tomorrow. I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to JK's fan bite. And, of course, I'm looking forward to, uh, as always, seeing JK on Monday uh, to look back at it all. And we'll have Dan Silver and Tony Glover with us. So uh, that'll be fun, as always. Excellent. Excellent, Excellent. indeed. And uh, you lot who have been listening live on Mixler, thank you very much. And uh, also thanks to all of those who are listening to the podcast. Uh, we will see you on Monday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the Jones Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 129 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. 
Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich.